dark world, don't we? And Jesus is that light, and this is that time of the season when we're going to worship and praise him and thank him for saving us and for coming to this world and dying for our sins. Well, welcome this morning. It's almost Merry Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> and this year I don't hear a lot of complaints. Everybody's just hollering, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. It feels so good to think that there are other people up in the higher echelon that believes in it too. It's good. It's a good feeling for America not to have all that negative stuff. Thank you. We want to welcome you this morning, especially if you're new. This is a wonderful time to be here. You're going to get to hear our choir sing. They'll be giving their program tonight. You light the world, and uh, you will be uh, be you are invited to come back tonight at six and see the entire program. It's always so beautiful. And when people take time and learn and apply themselves to sing the message of Jesus in song. I want to share two things. About one minute and a half. This is how long it takes for me to share this. It's my top ten list for a great Christmas. Number one, invite your family to go to church at Christmas. Tell them this is what you want for your Christmas present. It's cheaper. It's so fulfilling. It's great. And they can come tonight with you and hear this musical. Tell them that. Number two, make an effort to be content where you are with who you are with and what you have. Make an effort to do that. Three, wait with patience on God as he works out your life. God's time is always the best time. That's what Galatians 4.4 tells us. Number four, take 15 minutes a day to finish a job or two. You can read the Bible through in a year if you take 15 minutes a day and read a few chapters whole year. Number five, 10 words can change our lives. Say please, thank you, I'm sorry, forgive me, and I love you. Those words will help. Six, say these words out loud often. If people, especially our children and grandchildren, hear us say it often enough, they'll catch on that we're human and they'll learn to say them also. Number seven, say I love you often. These words can never be overused. I love you. Number eight, tell your loved ones, I'm praying for you, and then do it. I'm praying for you. 
Number nine, give hugs often. We need four hugs a day to survive. Eight to be normal, but 12 will keep us happy and healthy. 12 hugs a day. It is, it is reported among the medical field that this is a true statement. Number 10, wrap your loved ones in prayer as you wrap their Christmas presents. God bless you. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you. Would you stand all over the building this morning? We want to say welcome to our new folks that are visiting. If you're here, you come home for the holidays or you're visiting at home, we want to welcome you. If you're new and this is your first time, we want, when we get out in the aisles to shake hands, now here's what you're supposed to do. Please don't stop and spend the whole time talking to somebody you know. Find somebody you don't know. You may find somebody that's worth millions of dollars or might be your boyfriend or girlfriend. I see young people set certain places and they're looking for someone. And you go shake hands with all those people you don't know. This is your chance, young people, to find out what their names are and get acquainted. So get out in the aisles now and let's greet one another and find somebody you don't know now before you sit down. God bless you. Merry Christmas.
Give us a hug, Gary. <laughs> oh, that's one. Y'all don't have all them hugs. Liz said, I'm, I'm working towards happy. So everybody just reached their arms out. <laughs> what happens if you hug hundreds of people all at the same time? God bless you. It's good to be home. Where I've been, it's 85 degrees, <laughs> and I'm freezing. <laughs> but it's good to be home, and good to be with you today. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Last night, the Lord was with us. We had folks get saved last night in the Christmas program. Amen. To God be all the glory and all the honor. Everything we do, we live and we breathe. We have our being all in Him. It's all about Him. So if you come here looking for any perfection in people, that ain't gonna get you ain't gonna be happy. But if you come here looking for a connection with the Savior, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then you've come to the right place. It's good to see you this morning. We're going to have prayer, and as we do, we want to go to prayer for you and for the need that you have in your life. How many of you would say, Pastor, there is a need in my family, and we need prayer today? Look around you. Just take a moment. See the people that need God to move in their lives. You know what? I have found him to be there. I've had him on the mountaintop, and boy, it's celebration time. But I have found that when I find myself in the valley, he is right there with me as well. He will never let you down. Never. God will always be there for you. So we can trust him today. We want to pray for Sister Darlene Lewis. She was here at the program last night, and she fell. And she, was, she had her cane, and she told me, I said, I said Sister Lewis, did, did you fall on, on something out here on a rug or on? She said, oh, no, Pastor. She goes, I was switching my cane from the right to the left and tripped over myself. <laughs> she felt so bad, and she said, I'm just so mad at myself. And I said, don't you dare be mad at yourself. We were praying against it being a, a broken shoulder, and it ended up just being a little dislocated. So they put it back in place, and she's, uh, she's resting this morning. Well, let's pray for her. Let's pray for all the families that are going through a difficult time. You know, at Christmas time, when all the families get together and all the parties and all the things people do, do you know, it, how many of you know, it, it's a depressing time for some folks. They go through a difficult time. So I want us to pray for one another. You never know when someone besides you is going through a season of, of discouragement. So let's pray for one another. And let's pray for these needs. And as always, we want to take a moment in our service to acknowledge and pray for the state of Israel, for all that God is doing there and for the United States of America. You're still praying for your country, aren't you? Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we come before you today, we bring our families, we bring our children, our husbands and wives. God, we, pr we bring our hearts to you. Lord, we're so imperfect. Everything we try to do, Lord, we just mess it up. But God, if we can center our affection and our, our love on you, on your word, and on your Holy Spirit, then God, we, we've got our battles licked and we're, we're going to win the war. I pray for every family that's going through difficult times today. I pray for everyone who lifted their hand and making mention there 
that God, they're going through a situation. They need you. They need prayer answered. We know that you're a prayer answering God. So we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you'll bring provision, you'll bring deliverance, you'll bring healing. Lord, you'll touch broken hearts and you'll restore and mend. And I pray this in your blessed name. And God, we pray for Sister Lewis. We lift her up to you. Pray that she is resting today, that you would give her strength, touch her by your Holy Spirit, and let her feel the power and the presence of the Lord with her. And I pray, God, that you will touch the state of Israel. We lift her up, God, and pray your protection over her borders. Lord, when there is so much chaos going on around the world, all kinds of explosions and bombs and terrorist attacks and all kinds of murder, Lord, we pray for the protection of your people. Pray for the faith of the Christians around the world that, Lord, live in daily fear. We pray over them. God, protect them and keep them. We pray, God, that you would let your light shine into every dark place. Let the power of the gospel of Jesus reach the hearts of those who are hungry and thirsty, looking for the answers to life. We pray that you will touch them. And God, we pray for the United States of America. We lift up our country, our leaders. We ask that the work of God be accomplished and done. That, Lord, we be included in what you're doing in this last hour and last day. We pray this in the name of the Lord, and we give you honor. For we truly believe you're coming soon. And, Lord, we know that we are living in perilous times. But that is a sign to us that soon and very soon we will see the King, the Lord, the omnipotent Savior. And we honor you for that today, and we give you all the glory and praise. For we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn to someone tell them, you're looking better than you have looked all day today, right now. Amen. And you can be seated. Where is little Cameron Alexander Ritchie? Where's he at? This is Stiver's grandson, right? Is this your grandbaby? Well, I got to show little Cameron off. Can we? Yeah, let's do that. Oh. <laughs> Little all-star, I like that. He's looking at y'all. <laughs> you want to say hi to everybody? Say hi. Where's the big all? Ready? Oh. Looks like you might be an Ohio State fan. Is that right? <laughs> Little Cameron, his first Sunday here, and we're delighted to show him off. Hey, we got a picture. Look here, brother. All right, you smile. This isn't this is we, this isn't your first time. He'll help me preach better. I might keep him with me. Really? No way. Born the same day as little Alyssa Ellie, Alyssa Shorts Bear, and Brad Short. Nothing more beautiful than seeing fresh and beautiful new life. It reminds me of when I got saved. You know, I'll never forget that night. <laughs> I heard Hair Arena, you know, they, they're shutting it down. I know. And uh, I went online. They were trying to, they were going to sell some things from it. So I was trying to get a sign. 
said hair arena, I was going to put it in the lobby, make y'all look at it. Our ushers are coming to serve you today. I trust that you've come prepared to honor the God, honor God in your obedience to him. Can I say something? You, you don't give to a church. You're not giving to a church. You're not giving to a preacher. You're not giving to a ministry. You're giving to God. He says to honor him with your tithe. Honor him with your offerings. Offer him the first fruits of what you've been given. How many of you are blessed today? I love the testimony of someone who stopped me this morning with tears in their eyes. They said, Pastor, we heard you and we've given. We've given at times when we didn't have it. And he was, went on to tell the story. And he said, but I want to tell you that out of nowhere, the Lord has blessed us. And he let us know it's because we trusted him and we gave to him. And now he says, we're taking you out to dinner. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> But God has blessed them because they're faithful to give. I have found that as I have trusted the Lord, he is faithful to give back. How many of you have got God is a giver, not a taker? We're not taking an offering. We're giving you an opportunity to give so that you can be blessed by him. He's looking for opportunities to bless you. Don't tie his hands. Give to the Lord. Honor him and pay your tithe. Give to missions. Today, the church practices what it preaches. We don't ask you to give today, but what we're not giving, every dime, dollar, every bit of cash loose offering that you put in that plate today at this service and the 830 service will go to World Missions. We help take care of several missionaries all around the world. Every Sunday, your offering helps to keep them on the field working in Eastern and Western Europe, in South America, and in Africa, and several different other places where we have folks that are working diligently and hard. We're helping a church in Alaska. Every time you give in your offering, you're, you're, spending, you're spending that money on 15 other countries besides America. And that's a wonderful blessing to be a part of. So I thank you for your gifts to God. As pastor of this house, I thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience to help us keep ministry going here. For all we want to do is please the Lord with every day and every breath. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Father, we come to you this morning. We honor you. We bless your name. I pray that you will bless every gift, every giver. Those who trust you, trust your way of doing business for the kingdom. God, we honor you today with our tithe and with our gifts. I pray that you will bless the missionaries that we support around the world. Touch them by your Holy Spirit and let them sense and feel the presence and power of God Almighty. We'll never fail to honor you and to lift up your name as we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. While the ushers are, are taking the offering or giving you the opportunity, I want to introduce some folks who will, if you might find in your pew today, there is a, a, a survey. Looks something like this. Please pick that up. If you, are, if you are married, if you are young married, we're asking you if you're getting married. To, uh, to fill out this survey, take it by, there is a booth outside, making marriages matter is the hashtag, and meant to be is this um, young adult new ministry that we're going to be starting in January. 
It's a young marriage ministry. And it's actually going to be feeding over. You know, who, somebody says, well, who is the young marriage? If you're under 100, I think that you might qualify for young married. But if you're married, and especially those in their first 10 years of marriage, we want to reach out to you. We've been really prayerfully considering and praying about ministry that will be specialized to those who, who are trying to live out their, their married life in success and victory. I've always been very concerned about our families, and we want, we want to put together a ministry that would reach out and meet the needs that you have. This survey is asking you questions so that we can more work together with our new, the new ministry, the new directors that we have, so that we can really begin to target special needs in young married lives. The only way to really know what you need is to hear from you. And so the, there's two special people that I approached several months ago, and they prayed about it, and they felt led to uh, help spearhead this ministry. And uh, they are here today. I want Dr. Marvin and Betty Ray to stand if they would. These are folks who are part of our family and congregation here. They are taking on this ministry. They have a, a brokenness and a humbleness about the heart behind what they're trying to accomplish, and they have nothing but desire to help married couples in our church. They're going to be working together with a team. Amen. They're going to be working together with, with us and with a team of folks that's going to be specializing ministry to married couples. Uh, those with kids, without kids, and those getting married, premarital counseling, they're going to be helping do all of that. And so I'm thankful that they're taking that on prayerfully. And what I love about them is the heart behind it. I hardly ever, we have a, hardly ever have a conversation where Betty doesn't cry. And she always just, she's got such a heart for this. And I know it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing in 2017, our focus on marriages. If you fill this out, take it by the men to be booth out there. They are going to be giving you a free gift today. If you just fill out the survey and take it by there, shake their hand and talk to them for just a few moments about your survey. So please do that. And uh, we'll thank you for it. God bless you.
We've been trying to come up with a name for them. Uh, we call them now the Silent Nights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, but someone last night said we should call them the Not-So-Silent Nights. <laughs> and uh, I think that would be good, too. At Stratford, you're going to hear anything from bluegrass to rock and roll to classical music in any weekend. And I just praise the Lord for all the talent that we have. These singers and this orchestra, they're so faithful, all these rhythm players. They're just awesome people to be around. And uh, we want to invite you back tonight for our musical. It's a worship service is really what it is. We've decided this year to kind of keep it simple and let the words and let the music speak to you. And last night I could just feel his presence. My life was changed because of a baby boy that come to save my soul. One, two, three. Change my face. 
beautiful song. I'd never heard it before until last evening. And I sat there and I, I wept. You know, we don't always consider the other side. We think about him coming and being with us. But do we ever think about heaven saying goodbye? I loved it where it talked about the angels were singing him to sleep. So beautiful to consider the way it all worked together. God had a plan. God had a plan because God loves his people. He's so full of love. I love what Pastor Brian said one time. He said, God is a giver, not a taker. God's a giver. He's a lover. We're so thankful for the mercy and the love that comes to us through the gift of Christmas. Now, we talk about the Advent here at our church, and we did this, we started this several years ago. It's kind of unorthodox for a spirit-filled church to, to kind of take on the Advent, but it was something that, that I wanted in my heart, and I prayed about it, and, and I felt such a constraint that sometimes we're so quick to run to the presents and run to the, her, to the turkey and the ham. And we run to the parties. We run to the, to the Black Friday, and we get the deals, and Christmas becomes something else that was never meant to be. It was my heart that we would start weeks prior talking about his coming. When you hear the word Advent, what it simply means is the coming. Latin word that talks about preparing ourselves for his coming, not, not taking something and making it so common or making it like a blue light special Kmart making it beautiful, making it special. So we do that. One of the weeks that I was gone, you lit the candle of hope. My goodness, that's what starts it all, isn't it? Hope. To have the hope of Christ, the hope. Not a I hope so kind of mentality, but a, a hope that you can count on. A hope that's an anchor for your soul. Thank God for the gift of hope that he gave to the world. And today we look at the gift of peace. Peace that comes to us. Peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding. You can't even comprehend when he brings you peace. He can bring peace into an ICU unit. He can bring peace into a situation that is broken. When the doctor's giving you the bad report, you can look into that situation and you have this sudden, beautiful sense of peace that comes from God. When you walk away from the cemetery, Brother John, you have peace. Peace the world can't give you and the world can't take it away. This is, the, this is the beauty of the gifts that he's given to us. As we look into the joy and, and the love and the hope and the peace that comes to us, those four gifts, those kind of wrap it up and, and entail all the things that in it is mercy and in it is forgiveness and in it is grace and it's so beautiful beautiful gifts of God. Today, instead of running to the manger and particularly talking about peace, I'm going to talk about what leads us to peace. What gets us there, the journey, 
Mr. Albert. The journey. What did God do when he was creating the whole mentality of the fullness of time had come? Isaiah's words were now ringing true. The babe wrapped in swaddling clothes was all coming to pass. What, what started the whole thing? Well, we're going to talk about that this morning. I'm entitled the message, The Christmas Surprise. Honoring us today is Brother Phil and Helen Carpenter. These are precious new folks to our church, kind of new. Been coming around here for several months, and I've gotten to know them, and I want to tell you, I want to challenge you to get to know these folks. They're, they're beautiful, wonderful, spirited folks who love God, and uh, they're just so, so complimentary and, and so willing to jump right in. I mean, they just, they're not ones to sit back. They're just like, where do you want me? I want to work. I want to serve. And they have been so delightful to get to know. He has worked in ministry and, and done jail ministry, nursing home ministry. He's been teaching and preaching, evangelizing. They've both together been serving in ministry, different age groups and all kinds of activities. And God has blessed us to have them come and be a part of our congregation. They're part of our church family. I was able to go out to dinner with them not too long ago and had a wonderful evening with them. And they're just a precious, precious family. So I'm thankful that they have agreed. They didn't know what, what they were in store for. But we, uh, we were going to read our scripture, and when we do, we want you to light that second candle, which represents, it represents peace as a gift of the Lord. You know, the lighting of a candle, is, it's no big deal. It's not like some big ceremonial ritual. What it means to me is reverence. It's just reverence. You see, when I first started doing this, not many people understand or know why we do this every Sunday. It's not just for decoration. It's because I had an encounter with God. And in this encounter with God, I wanted to do everything I could to honor Him and to reverence Him. And I found myself in this large cathedral. And I lit a candle in there. When I did, I was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. And I didn't understand it. Because I wasn't in a church that's supposed to have the Spirit. But because there had been set up this sacred reverence, God was there. You know what I found out? Sinners and saints alone, if people will take the time to look up to Him, to search Him out. The Bible says in Jeremiah that if you search for me and you look for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. Reverence is just something to honor him and to set up an atmosphere where God is there. How many of you know God wants to be known? God's not hiding. He's not hiding but some, behind some big ruler ready to smack you down. God is looking to love you. He's looking to bring mercy into your life, grace. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. So as we get ready now to just symbolically light a candle that just represents peace, I'd ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to read a couple of scriptures. Luke was writing and he says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, 
just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. And here's why. So that you would know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. What's he saying there? It's a lot of words. The word is telling us there that Luke's begin writing this letter to Theophilus because Theophilus had questions about what had happened and he'd heard a lot of stories. And Luke said, I was there. I remember. I remember everything. So I want to write down for you a beautiful, a beautiful instruction on what happened, an orderly account of what took place so that you will have it forever in not only him but us. We can literally go back like you guys have done in song. We can go back, Sister Marie, to that night. We can go back and we can witness for ourselves through the words of God's word. We can go back to that night. Here's what Luke said. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. How beautiful. How beautiful that it happened at the hour of incense. It took place at the time of prayers. When the people were interceding, the people were, br were bringing all of their needs to God. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. See, I already know where I'm going. So I, when I say that right there, I just want to like, whoop, ha, yeah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Wow. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. I shouldn't know where I'm headed. <laughs> he will also go before him. Capital H. He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? I'm old. And my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel of the Lord said to him, 
I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and bring to you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Do you realize powerful words those are? Makes me want to shout. God's word. As we light the candle this morning, let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that it ministers to our spirit, how it touches us, because this is not just a historical account or even a fable from a children's book. This is the truth the true history of the Savior who has come to this earth. We honor you and we bless you today. We thank you for hope and we thank you for peace. We thank you that in the turmoil of our country and all that is around us, the, all the different things that are going on around the world, we thank you that we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you. We honor your word today. May it speak to us and challenge us about who we are and where we are. May it touch us as we, Lord, prepare our hearts yet again for the celebration of your birth, to remember that you came to the earth. Lord, we should not, we should not be irreverent, but God, we should honor your coming to this earth. Thank you. We bless your name. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. As I mentioned today, we're not going to run straight to the manger. We're not going to run right to the inn and check in on the, the shepherds and the wise men. And we're not going to start there. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to what was ordinary about this situation that God was doing that would change the entire world. We're taking a journey through Christmas how it all was brought together, the people involved, and about this, this phrase that we find in the Old Testament and New Testament. It's called the fullness of time. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, Liz made reference to this earlier. The Bible says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. The interesting part of that verse is where it says, and when the fullness of the time had come. How many of you know God works on a, his own timetable? He doesn't work on you and I, what we think ought to happen, when we think it ought to happen, how we think it ought to happen. God works in a way that will always give him the honor and the glory, and that's the way it should be. We have too many celebrities walking around in the body of Christ. If you know me and you're around me any length of time, you know I don't follow celebrities in the kingdom work. I follow Christ. And Paul said himself, don't follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. And as we keep our eyes on Christ, then we have an ability and influence to follow after those that teach us and preach to us truth. God's ways are not our ways. The way he does things, Sherry, is not the way we do things. 
which causes us to have to do something that the Bible tells us to do over and over and over again. He says, the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. We walk in faith every day. That's the way God meant it because he can't have too many egos running around. Too many people who think that they've, they've arrived. How many of you know the job description for God has already been taken? The job description for a savior, it's already filled. His name is Jesus. And he's the king. And he's the Lord. He's the savior. He's the one that we look to. But God's ways, it can't be fully understood. I've lived my life searching him out. I've lived to find his ways. I, I look into his word and I'm there assured of the, the steps that he takes at times and the ways that he moves. I can recognize him when he's moving. I can tell when there's a whistling in the leaves. I can tell when the signs are out there and, and I can see when the seasons are changing and they're ready. I can see it. But he always has this way of surprising me. He brings surprises, Shane, into our lives. He's always surprising treasures that come out of nowhere. It's beautiful. His ways are unsearchable. His love can't even be understood. Sometimes we don't think God ought to love some people, but he loves them anyhow. Sometimes we think God should not show mercy or grace on some folks. We've already marked them out, but God does. It's amazing the way he loves, and we can't understand it. Sometimes it's not even logical. And don't ever think that you will ever figure God out, because about the time you think you've figured him out, he's going to change just because you did that. He will always receive the glory. He will always receive the honor. He will always get the credit. Let me assure you, there is no man, no woman walking on the face of the earth that can take the place of God. We follow after him. The only part of you that's attractive to me at all is the Christ in you. And as we look to this, Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you know when you look at the fullness of time, isn't it amazing when you go back and look at it and it goes, it all centers around two babies? Two women who were gonna have a baby. When God decided to fulfill scripture, all the Old Testament prophecies and everything that was all outlined and everybody was waiting with bated breath for the coming of the Messiah. They thought he would come in chariots. They thought he would come as a king. They thought that surely God would send an entourage of heaven and set him up on a throne and all the world would bow. But instead, God chose a lady too old and a lady too young. He chose an impossible situation to come. It started out as an impossible thing. Elizabeth was barren and too old. Mary shouldn't be pregnant. She was too young. She was not married. And God said, that's the perfect scenario 
from my miracle to the world. Taking the brokenness, the ordinariness of people, and receiving the glory. It started, actually, if you trace it back even further, it goes back to the temple. And it goes back to a priest who was holding the incense. And he was walking into where the Holy of Holies was, right on the other side. And there at the altar of incense, he was placing the beautiful special formula of, of incense that would be burned there that represented at the hour of prayer all the prayers of the people. God chose to come to the earth during the hour of prayer in answer to a man and a woman who couldn't have a baby. He said, that's how I'm going to come. I'm going to come to the earth through their impossibility, which tells me immediately that he's the God of my impossibility. He's the God of my hardships and my trouble. That's all we got. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, there's no chariot, there's no band, there's no angels, no entourage that, that's going to come. You know, of course there are angels and there ends up being a beautiful display of, of beauty in the stars and, and there was, there was a, a, a display of heaven. Beautiful, but it wasn't what they thought it would be. Luke said, so that you may know, Theophilus, because what you're going to hear, you might not believe. The way that he came is not the way we thought he would. But let me tell you about it. As I read to you, it was there in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, and they were blameless, but they had no child, because Elizabeth was buried, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And in the middle of all this prayer and incense going up to heaven, God said, Gabriel, go. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard. Hallelujah. You think he isn't hearing? You think he doesn't know where you're at? You think he, you're, you've been praying and praying, and, and like them, maybe you've been praying since the day you got married, and you've had all these, these years go by. I mean, do, why do you think that, that, that Zacharias was doubting? Why do you think he looked at the angel and said, how can this be? This, it's impossible. I mean, I, you got to tell me what's going on here, because I'm too old, and my wife is, 
you know, not as old as me, but she's well advanced. Uh, he was politically correct, wasn't he? I mean, he's like, I'm too old, but my wife is, she's well advanced. And the angel looked at him and was kind of like upset. The angel was like, are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? Do you think I've come by here to play a joke on you? I don't even know God don't do tricks. And God don't forget. God don't forget. When you pray, when you get up at four in the morning and you're praying for your pastor, God hears every word. And I am a benefit. I'm a beneficiary of your prayers. God hears every prayer. I'm thankful for those who will come up to me and say, I'm praying for you. Thank you, Lord. I need all the prayers I can get. When we understand and know the power of prayer, God never forgets. They had long forgotten. Zacharias had given up on that prayer. Obviously, he had because he didn't understand what in the world was going on. The angel is like, you will have a son. Your wife is going to have a child. This can't be. Well, what have you been praying? Oh, I stopped praying that prayer a long time ago. Well, God heard you and he started a plan. He decided to make you all part of the major event of all history. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know what he's planning. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Right about the time you give up, God's just getting started. God is ready to move the mountains in your life. God's going to do his work and his plan in your life. But you've got to hold on. You can't give in. You can't be superficial. You can't be compromising. And you can't lay down and give up and throw in the towel. Not now. Right about the time you do that, God is ready to move. Hallelujah. What a surprise. How many of you know God doesn't work according to the date books and the plan books and the plan of the Franklin planner. He doesn't work on clocks and calendars and days and months and years. God works in his time. And you and I, our, our responsibility is to trust in him, to hold to him, hold to hope, hold to peace, hold to love, hold to joy. And as we hold on to those things and keep them in our hearts and cherish them, the gifts that come to us from Christ coming to the earth, when we hold on to those things, we are assured that he will never forsake us. He will never leave us hanging. God will always come through for his child. I have found him there. I have found him even when at times I felt I was in the darkest hours of my life. I have looked down the road enough to look back and see that every step I've ever taken, he has ordered it and he has given me his spirit and he has given me the affirmation, the confirmation that he is working it out for my good and his. Amazing the way God works. He never forgets and he always has a plan. The angel says to him, I love it. He says, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. That says to me, no matter what people say around you, no matter what your eyes see on your circumstances, no matter what's going on, you hold on. Don't you give up, and don't you quit. If you've been praying that prayer in faith, God heard you. If you've prayed that prayer from the desires of your spiritual heart, then God has heard you, and God is going to move. 
He's going to move, Brother Warren. He's going to move. You may already be discouraged. You may have already stopped praying. You may have already given up. I've done that prayer. I've, I've given it up. I've walked away from it. It's obvious from what's going on around me that God is just not going to move in that situation. I'm telling you, don't you dare fall prey to that kind of carnality. You let God be God and you hang on until he moves. God's going to move. And your job is not to shake and tremble in complacency and fear and not allow. What did the angel say? The angel said, Zacharias, fear not. He didn't want us to fear. He didn't want us to walk in defeat. He doesn't want us to walk in discouragement. You say, this don't sound very much like a Christmas message. Oh, it does to me. It sounds like just exactly what he meant for us when he came to this earth. He came to be our all-encompassing flame of fire, a God, a consuming fire that will take care of every need that we have in our lives if we'll trust him. He wants us to walk in joy. He wants us to live in peace. He wants us to love in his love. And he wants us to run into tomorrow because we have hope. Isn't that amazing? God is so amazing. And he works in his own time. He fulfills he fulfills his word. He's going to fulfill his word over your life. Don't look at the circumstances. Look to God. This was, some, I mean, Zacharias being involved in the very coming of the Messiah. His family would be there. Amazing that he would be a part of it. John, his son, his chosen son would be the forerunner for the Savior himself. But what did he do? How shall I know this? For I am old. My wife is well advanced. She's had a little work done, but she's good. No, 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 Zacharias, don't, don't do that. Don't speak doubt when God speaks to you. Don't allow the enemy to, to poison your mind and infect your faith. Don't allow it. And don't you, don't you let the enemy encourage you to start speaking negativity, speaking down and speaking doubt and discouragement, not over God and his word. Don't you get, you can question what he's doing. You can question how he's going to do it. But don't you question God and his character and his integrity. God will always defend his own name. God will always be God. Don't try to figure it out, Zacharias. Don't speak doubt. But he did. He spoke doubt. I'm too old for this kind of thing. I don't think this can happen. So the angel said, I am Gabriel. Do you know who I am? I stand in the presence of God. And I am being sent to speak to you good news. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time I looked at that and I thought God wow you made him mute well really that was a blessing for Zacharias obviously God needed God was gonna go ahead and finish the work without him <laughs> and he needed him to just be quiet wouldn't it be great if God would just start shutting up all the negative, down, whining, griping, complaining people that want to discourage folks and keep them down? Wouldn't it be great if God would just, I, I prayed myself. I said, Lord, if you need me to, you shut me up. 
What a blessing. God was not going to hear his doubt, was not going to hear his discouragement anymore. So God said, well, you don't believe me? I'm sure Elizabeth was like, what in the world's wrong with you? It's going to come to pass. God's work is going to come to pass, even if he has to quieten you. God's going to do. So don't, pan- don't analyze. Don't paralyze your faith. Don't, don't allow anything to step in the way. Now, we've got him over here going into the house, and he's like, Elizabeth says, what's wrong with you? Now we Google over to Nazareth. It's six months later, and you got Mary singing her song. She's just worshiping a young lady, excited. Joseph's been looking at her kind of, you know, sweet over the marketplace, and she's thinking, Mama, I think, I think he's going to ask me. It's awesome. I love Joey. He's great. She's all happy. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no, I've heard this before. Troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so now the... Tension is rising, and the audience is looking in, and we're all wondering, Salvador, what's she going to say? Is she going to be quiet, too, for the next six, nine months? What's going to happen here? I mean, we've already been here before. But before we get to that, let's talk about what the angel said. For you have found favor with the Lord. How many times have I said, boy, I know... I want the favor of God. I pray for the favor of God. I wish I had the favor of the Lord like that one. But would you see how blessed they are? Man, I wish I had favor like that. I sure would like the favor of the Lord. Let me tell you something about favor. Let me straighten favor out. If you belong to God, if you have given him your heart and your life, do not doubt you walk in the favor of God. You have the favor of the Lord. He says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. You walk in that strength and that grace every day of your life. If you will live faithful, it's said that they walked blameless in the ordinances and in the laws of God. They, they did every day the best that they could. The Bible tells us in Psalms, it says, Who will ascend to the hill of the Lord? Those who have a pure heart and clean hands. They kept the hands clean. God had to keep the heart pure. As they kept their hands clean before him, the heart was made ready for the work that God wanted to do. And Mary, Mary was ready. She had the favor. It isn't, favor isn't the angel coming to your house to tell you what you already know. 
The favor is not you getting that job promotion, and the favor is not you, you know, meeting that person or having this happen or that happen. The favor of the Lord is because you belong to him. The rest is blessing. The rest is you blessed. Blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. But the blessing and the power of God's work in your life comes as you've accepted him into your life. You walk in the favor of God. And don't doubt that. Because the enemy would love to cause you to doubt that. But don't you dare, not for a minute. Then the angel went on. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, Be careful, Mary. How can this be? Since I don't know a man. But see, you might be thinking, uh-oh. She was doubting. No, she wasn't. There was a complete difference in her response and Zachariah's response. Zacharias, more or less, was saying, this can't happen. There's no way this can happen. Mary said, how are you going to do it? How are you going to accomplish this? I've never known a man. How are you going to do this? She was excited. And the angel went on. We know that this is what she meant because the angel said to her, well, the Holy Spirit, he's going to come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who was born, just to be born, would be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Uh-oh. The angel just tells the truth. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She spoke in faith right there. No doubt, no discouragement, no nothing. It was an impossible situation, but she was ready. She was ready to take on the gossip. She was ready to take on the criticism. She was ready to take on the impossibility. She, was, she knew it because she knew who God was. And in that process, if you'll just get a hold of the truth of who God is today, half the battles in your life will be taken out and marked as victory. Victory for you if you'll just remember who he is. Now Mary arose in those days and went out into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you will stop talking doubt, if you will stop living in negativity, if you'll stop living in discouragement and all that stuff that just drags you down, if you'll stop allowing your faith to be paralyzed and start speaking life, speaking God's word and God's power out of your mouth, you'll start affecting change every conversation you have. You say, what are you talking about? Look at it. Mary walks in. She can't hardly wait to get to Elizabeth. Elizabeth's the only one who will understand where I'm at. Elizabeth's the only one. Uh, Joe, man, he don't get it. He's over there hiding, thinking, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to tell the people of the city? 
he was just, she was like, okay, you just stay here, figure it all out. I'm going to go see Elizabeth. She says she made haste, going over the speed limit. She ran down. She got all the way there. She knocked on the door. Elizabeth opens the door, and Elizabeth's like, Mary. She's like, Elizabeth. And they're like, they just automatically know. And immediately, John, filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb, leaped when he sensed and felt that Jesus, the Savior, was right there across the room from him. Couldn't hardly contain it. If you know Jesus is in it, if you know that Jesus is in the middle of it, if he's there on the scene, then you got every reason in the world to shout. you got every reason in the world to be victorious. I'm telling you, the world is telling us all kinds of negative stuff, but we got to rise up, shake ourselves, get our faith jackets back on, and look to the heavens because he's wanting us to, co to walk in victory every step that we take. He wants you to walk in that victory, live in that victory. Here we have this beautiful picture of, of Mary who's barely showing, but she's got Jesus, the Son of God, is right here. And you've got John over here just about ready, just about done, and ready to come into the world. And you've got Elizabeth, because of the Spirit of God in her baby, she immediately feels that, and then all of a sudden, the words... Now, as Mary started to say, the angel visited me. Well, the angel visited, we, I mean, Zacharias has been drawing pictures, and he's been telling me about an angel. When it all came out, the truth, the powerful word of God was coming out in that process by the very words that were spoken, there was power that filled Elizabeth with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is all before the day of Pentecost. Now, that's another whole theological discussion. But what you have is you have a major, major, beautiful scenario of God saying, believe me, trust in me, hold on, speak life. Because in speaking life over every situation, when you are filled with Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit of God, and you are filled with the Word of God, I'm telling you, everywhere you go, people will be scratching their head, wondering what in the world is different about you. We ought to wake up and realize, Sister Liz, he wants us to walk in victory. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me all throughout the world when we understand the power of God in us causes us to be a walking witness everywhere we go. We're telling the count of God's power. We're telling the count of God's word and God's plan in the earth. I'm telling you, I've been a little confused this political season. I've had all kinds of questions, and I've seen all kinds of garbage all around the world. But I'm here to tell you, the world may be falling apart, but I'm not. I'm good on the inside. The world may be in confusion and chaos, but I'm doing all right. I'm together because I am filled with the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and Christ is living in my life. You've got those things right there. You've got a beautiful picture of a leaping baby and a lady filled with the Spirit of God and the power of God working and happening. And notice this was all before the manger scene.
For I am working on your behalf, says the Lord. I am walking in a powerful move over the circumstances of your life. Trust in me and look to me. Do not look with your eyes, look with your faith. Look under the heavens and know that I am at work. I have started working from your first prayer. I have been orchestrating the events that will bring the victory that I have promised to you. But you must hold on to faith and hope. You must not linger at doubt and discouragement. But you must trust that I'm a God of my word and I will complete the work that I have started. And you must be reminded that I have started a work and I will finish it in your life. I will finish the work I'm doing in my kingdom and my children will look to the heavens and know that I am at work. If they will trust in me, they will sense and know the leaping joy of my victory. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if you're where Zacharias was and you've about given up. You've stopped praying that prayer. You've stopped looking to the heavens. You, you've just kind of realized, hey, my circumstances are what they are, and I'm just going to live it out and try to get to heaven best I can. I'm telling you, the Lord is here in power to revive your prayer request. He's here to assure you an angel is on the way with an answer for your life. God's going to work it out, and you don't know how. You can't begin to understand how he's going to do it or what's going to take place. But if you will once again revive that trust, that faith in your heart, don't give in. Don't give up. Perhaps you already have the word like Mary, and you have such faith and confidence. Let me... Let me just share with you, it's time to start being a witness to it. It's time to start sharing it, getting out. Get out and go with haste. Go find your family. Go find your friends. Go find those people that need the faith that is burning in your soul. The spirit of Christmas, the power of Christ coming to the earth, it was way more than just a picture in a nativity. It is a powerful move across this earth from one sea to the other, from one coast to the other. God is perfecting his work and completing the work that he started. He has brought redemption to this planet. And he wants you to be a part of that with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning on this Christmas Sunday. Weeks before we get to the actual day we celebrate, we're, we're looking for his coming. We're singing about the, the coming. We're looking and talking about it through children's programs and through other means. What is your heart saying about it? What is God speaking into your spirit this morning? You need to trust Him. You need to come to Him today. I would ask, is there anyone in this house this morning, just for, I'm not going to belabor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring everyone forward in just a moment, but I need to ask you, do you need Jesus in your life? Do you need to trust Him for yourself? Are you tired of trying to figure it all out yourself? And because it hasn't made sense up to this point, you just have done nothing. You've been paralyzed in faith. But you're ready right now to trust him completely. And you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give up the doubt, give up the discouragement, 
and I'm ready to trust God, would you slip up your hand right where you are? I'm going to trust the Lord this morning. Is there anyone at all? All right. Is there anyone who would say, Pastor, I know that God is doing a work in my life, in my family, and I want him to know this morning that like Mary, Lord, so be it unto me as you have spoken it. Let me see your hand. Hands are going up everywhere. I want God's plan, God's work in my life and nothing else. I don't need man's approval. I don't need a church to give me approval. I need God. I want God's plan over my life. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to ask everyone who loves God, everyone who will, to get out from your seat and meet me in this altar. We're going to have a joint prayer together this Sunday morning. Would you come quickly? with us Emmanuel What's that song say there? He's God with us Thank you Lord Honor your spirit, Lord. Emmanuel. 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 With you. Would you with me this morning just lift your heart, your hands to God Almighty? His name is called. Oh, Emmanuel. Oh, He's God with us. Amen. Amen. Would you just make a, a connection with someone standing beside you, just a, a polite hand on their shoulder right there by them, just to connect with one another? Would you, let's bring our brothers and our sisters together before God's throne, God's plan, God's work. The enemy tries to discourage us, but we will not accept that. We're going to speak in nothing but faith and trust in the Lord. Let's pray right now. Father, we pray for one another. We lift our brothers, our sisters up to you. We ask, Lord, that you will touch and minister now by faith in our hearts. Let faith arise in us. God, we want to search you out and we want to find your will and purpose. We'll not give in to doubt. We'll not give in to discouragement. We'll not allow the enemy to speak 
over our lives things that are not of God. We receive you today, a fresh touch of your spirit. And we thank you for the life-giving power. It's going to be spoken into the lives of your people. We trust in you. We're leaning hard upon you today. Not looking to ourselves. Lord, we can't do it. But we trust in your power. And we thank you today for the peace, the love, the joy, the hope that comes as gifts to us at Christmas time. We honor you, Jesus. We bless your name and thank you, Lord. We pray for our brothers. Would you strengthen them, our sisters? Would you give them, Lord, a fresh touch of your power? Let them be kindled with faith. Let them feel your presence. And we thank you for it all. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Praise God. You can do it. You can do it through him. What's the Bible say in Philippians? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. God bless you. I hope that you'll come back this evening, 6 o'clock. Be here for our, our cantata service, Christmas songs, beautiful concert of worship, and it's going to be a great experience for you. God bless you. I love you. I'm glad to be home and to see you. God bless you.